Hello, this is Pastor Kong Hee. I want to thank you for joining us on our podcast. I pray that you'll be blessed in Christ, encouraged by the Word, and experience an encounter with God. Remember, knowing God and being known by Him is the greatest pursuit of life. Enjoy the message. Is the principle of sowing and reaping biblical? Some Christians get very upset with the idea of sowing and reaping because they feel it's being abused as a means of fundraising and manipulating people to give. Others feel that it promotes greed and materialism, leading to an unhealthy focus on earthly wealth. To them, embracing this principle promotes a transactional relationship with God. A transactional relationship makes a specific blessing the foundation and determining factor of that relationship. So if I don't receive any blessing from God, I won't want to continue the relationship with Him. In the context of money and wealth, if God doesn't make me rich and famous and increase my income, then my faith in Him is in vain. And my whole reason for wanting to worship and serve God is so that I can be blessed materially. Because of this fear of promoting a transactional relationship, some would rather not bring up the topic of sowing and reaping. And they end up rejecting even a balanced and scriptural understanding of financial stewardship and prosperity. While the intention is admirable, there is a problem here. The word prosper or prosperity appears in the scripture more than 90 times. And as biblical Christians, if we believe that the Bible is indeed the inerrant, infallible Word of God. And if God Himself declares that there is such a thing as prosperity, then it follows that we must embrace it, lest we be found guilty of dismissing the Word of God. Our duty then is to seek the correct view on it and not distort it by either minimizing or exaggerating its importance. We are required to believe the Bible and teach what it says is true, not just those parts of the Bible that we believe are true. Otherwise, we are rejecting God's Word simply because we're uncomfortable with it or because we're afraid others will abuse it or criticize us for believing in it. So first of all, we must be very clear that sowing and reaping is a universal law. Genesis chapter 8 and verse 22 says, While the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, winter and summer, and day and night shall not cease. Thank God that this law has not ceased or we will starve to death. Seed time and harvest guarantees continuous food production. As long as the world exists, this principle will always be in motion. And as a law, it applies to everything in life. Galatians 6 and verse 8 says, For he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption, but he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. So if we sow sin, we will reap destruction. If we give ourselves to spiritual things, we will reap the life of the Spirit. Paul says it also applies to our relationship with people knowing that whatever good anyone does, he will receive the same from the Lord, whether he's a slave or free. 
when we sow good seeds of kindness and goodness in our relationship with others, God will ensure that we reap kindness and goodness ourselves. This works in every area of relationship and is also the royal law. Now, there are six corollaries to this principle. Number one, we sow what we expect to reap. Genesis 1.12 says that the earth yields seeds according to its kind. So you must plant apple seed if you expect a harvest of apples. You can't plant apple seeds and expect to reap oranges. Paul says, for whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. Number two, we reap more than we sow. Now, this is a most important truth for a farmer. This is what gives him great confidence in his farming. In the parable of the sower, Jesus talks about sowing seeds on good ground and reaping 30-fold, 60-fold, and 100-fold harvest. Now, linked to this is the next point. Number three, we uh, reap in proportion to what we sow. Paul says, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. The New Living Translation says it like this. Remember this, a farmer who plants a few seeds will get a small crop. But the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. So it is proportionate. The more you sow, the more you'll reap. Number four, we must sow the seed on good ground. This is the main trust of the parable of the sower. The seed must be planted on good soil. Those that fell on the wayside, the stony and the thorny places, yielded no crops. But those who fell on good ground and yielded a bountiful harvest. Jesus says that a conscientious, harvest-minded farmer will focus his sowing on good ground. Number five, we reap in a different season from the one we sow. There is no harvest on the day you plant your seed. The harvest always takes time. Jesus makes this very clear. In another parable, the parable of the growing seed, that it will take a while for the seed to sprout and yield a return. A farmer must therefore be very patient and persevere in his cultivation of a crop. Number six, God is involved in the process of sowing and reaping. We may plant, we may water, but ultimately it is God who gives the increase. Even if a farmer is an unbeliever, it is God who makes his son rise on the evil and on the good and sends rain on the just and the unjust. When a farmer perseveres in sowing his seed, in spite of some bad seasons or discouraging circumstances, God will eventually bring about a harvest for him. So in the principle of sowing and reaping, number one, we sow what we expect to reap. Number two, we reap more than what we sow. Number three, we reap in proportion to what we sow. Number four, we must sow the seed on good ground. Number five, we reap in a different season from the one we sow. And number six, God is very much involved in the whole process of sowing and reaping. 